the beady little eyes and clapping heads are full of lies. Blame Canada! Blame Canada! We need to form a full assault! Yes, What's up, gamers? Welcome to episode 28 of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. I am the Commissioner Glenn Gordon, your host for this lovely evening. Um, and with me, of course, is the most racially diverse gaming cast on the internet today. But before I get to them, last week we had a kind of switch. Uh, the host with the most, Dane Smith, he hosted the show. And um, it was basically a promotion for episode one, which we finally published you know, usually it goes one, two, three, but you see, we don't know how to count, so instead it went two, three, four, all the way up to 27, and then we did one. Um, <laughs> so episode one, as of yesterday, Saturday, the 26th of July, episode one is live. Check it out, and let us know what you think on Twitter, at the RDGH. We'll get to Twitter in a moment, but first of all, let me introduce the original Ben Sterling himself. Ben Sterling, how are you, Ben? I'm good, thank you. Um, what, what episode? We're 28, right? We're 28. What episode was I in last? Um, I don't know. One second. You, no, you, you were on 20... Um, you were on the one with um, Don. Okay, so Which I think 20, was 26. 26, so 26... 28 minus 26... It's two. It's two, plus the one we just recorded. That's three. Half-Life reconfirmed. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we all know that Valve does not know how to count past two. They're even worse than us. Um, uh, like, seriously, it's like Half-Life 1, Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2 and a half, you know, Half-Life 2 and three quarters. Never Half-Life You know three. that we've seen pictures of the Valve headquarters and the elevator actually skips floor three. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, it goes one, two, four. <laughs> At least they realize. At yeah. least they realize the number. <laughs> then why don't they just release Half Life Four? I don't know, but that would be amazing. You could say that Half Life Episode Two was episode was Half Life Three. <laughs> They're just half- superstitious, man. Come on, it's just superstitious. It's a bad off number. It reminds me of a book I used to read as a kid where the building was built sideways. But anyway, I'm getting off track. Also, with this from the KGB. Um, our resident Russian, Gary Bagdasarov. How are you, Gary? I'm pretty good. How are things today with you, Glenn? Things are pretty good. I'm off from work today. Which, nice. in, in a way, makes me a little sad, because I love work. Really? Yeah. I love... I, I, it's really nice to wake up in the morning and be eager to get to work. Yeah, that is always good. Yeah, that's that's how I want my career to be after I graduate. I don't... Like, that is my number one goal. I do not want to have to wake up and be like, ugh, I have to go to work. Like, I, I want to wake up and look forward to going to work every day. Uh, if, if, I can, if I can reach that level, then I think, uh, to me anyway, I will feel like I've made it. Oh, I hope you get there. I hope I get there. And, of course, being able to make a, a living, that's kind of the point of <laughs> part of the point of getting a job. So, uh, you know, best of both worlds, and I've made it. Um, <laughs> it's been a great week in gaming, as always. Uh, there's there's always a lot of news in game. Well, not always a lot of news. We've, we have we have our ups and downs um, as far as the pacing of news. But uh, this week has seen some very significant stuff. But before we get to that, which is uh, becoming a theme, I should make a shirt that says "Before we get to that." Um, let's take a look at our Twitter. We actually have a few tweets. 
from our friends Adam Duffield uh, at Duffman1986 and our friend Esnova34Z, a.k.a. The Fonz. Um, Duffman, thank you very much for checking on us. I was actually a little late because uh, I, I actually edit both um, RDGH and PlayStation Unchained for all you PlayStation fans out there. Um, I edit and publish both of them, and I was busy this week, and so it was late. I did it on. I ended up uh, getting them both online on Friday, and our friend at Duffman1986 decided to check up on us. So thank you. Uh, as I told him, someone has to keep us in line. Um, <laughs> the Fonz tweeted us, and he says, "You guys mentioned all these shows, some that I watch and want to watch, but no love towards Supernatural. What's up with that?" Um, we were talking last week about, I have no idea how it came up, I don't even remember, but we were talking about uh, some different shows that we mentioned, I think, let's see, I, I'm, I mentioned that I watch, um, like I watch Hell's Kitchen, I love The Amazing Race and Survivor, I like Arrow, and um, some others, where I, I think someone mentioned House of Cards, but I could be wrong, and... Um, are the Fonz, I guess, watches Supernatural. I haven't heard of Supernatural. Have you guys seen Supernatural? I have seen Supernatural. I have watched every episode. Really? Hey, yes. What, what's it about? It's about these two brothers who pretty much fight supernatural things. Uh, demons, angels, uh, Sasquatch. Sasquatch? Vampires, all this. All, everything that we know of. You know, grim fairy tale type things. Right, it's a it's a fantastic show. Like, it's got like this great humor into it, like the banter and everything. That's just really great. It is on the CW, so they're just... their tenth season next year, which is incredible. Wow! Everybody thought that show would be canceled after like season three. Oh, okay, okay. Who here has seen Psych? I have somewhat seen Psych. I, I don't really watch it. Often just when it's on TV. Psych is like the best show ever. I love Psych. That is that is my show right there. Uh, Fonz, hey Fonz, watch Psych. Psych is amazing. Um, but Supernatural does sound good. There's just too much to watch. Too much to play, too much to watch. Well, if you do have Netflix, all the seasons are on Netflix. No, I don't watch. I don't have Netflix. I have Hulu Plus. It should be on Hulu Plus as well. I don't like Netflix. <laughs> it's, it's just that I don't I don't watch a lot of movies and Hulu Plus does shows better so I, I still yeah. there. oh it should be on Hulu Plus I believe what about Ben what shows do you watch up there Doctor Who uh, a lot of Doctor Who <laughs> My, I have a friend whose entire family is a Doctor Who fan shout out to you guys Nathan um, the, yeah the, they love Doctor Who well and, I just ordered a limited edition box set. They, they they're making a anniversary box set, the fiftieth episode. Yeah, the fiftieth anniversary. What? And they're, they're, there's only six thousand being made. Wait a second, Doctor Who has been around for fifty years. Yeah, it, it was the nineteen sixties when it first came out. Holy crap! Yeah. Really? It, yeah, nineteen sixty-two. I think it was. Is that was even episode. in color TV? No, it was in black and white. I had no idea it was that old. Yeah. Well, they, they did take a not... break in the nineties for about yeah. ten years, but oh, they took a break and then they came back. Yeah, it got cancelled because the BBC executive, the new, the new person in charge of BBC, when he took over in the early nineties, said 
he didn't see the point in Doctor Who and he didn't like it, so he, he cancelled all the funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it came back in the mid-2000s. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, I, I had no idea. That's like the, the longest running. Like, is, is The Young and the Restless even that old? I know Young and the Restless is like the oldest show on TV or something like that, but is it even... When did, when did that start? Does anyone even watch The Young and the Restless? No. I don't even uh, by the way, I was wrong. November twenty third, nineteen sixty three. Nineteen sixty three. Yeah, Man. It was the first episode. That's crazy. Um, well, let's move on. The Fonz continues. He says that we would like uh, he would like to see a God of War or Uncharted special console. Um, I think that I've seen a few special PS fours lately. I, I think I've seen. Um, I, I saw like an orange one. I don't remember what it was about. Uh, what, what's have you guys seen any special PS4s lately? Or any special I love the PS4s? Destiny special. I love the De- Japanese Destiny special PS4. Looks amazing. Wait, what? Why the Japanese one? Because I, I don't know if we. I can't. I've not seen it on our version, but the Japanese Destiny white PS4 has the logo Destiny on it on the faceplate. Oh my goodness! I see it. Is it blue? Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's black. Oh, so wait. Well, it's, it's a, a white PS4, but with black. Oh, okay. Destiny I'm seeing logo. something else. I'm seeing a black PS4 with a blue Destiny logo on it. It looks ridiculous, but I guess it's just a mock-up. Um, yeah. I think those are all custom. The only different logos I've seen are just custom ones. I don't think they released any one in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look, you, you, you see all, all sorts of PS4 skins and... and uh, graphics and whatnot. You, I guess you can stick on it, but uh, yeah, it's there's not many custom ones. There you go, by the way, Glenn. What? Oh, you're sending me things on Skype. You know our yeah. listeners can't tell when you're sending me things on Skype. I know, but still, <laughs> that is what it looks like. Oh, okay, dude, that looks really slick. This one also looks really slick. By the way, you guys can look this up on Google as well. That's all I did. By the way, to listeners. Okay, so he's showing me the white Destiny one, which looks extremely clean. Basically, on the shiny yeah. part of the PS4, yeah. it has Destiny in, in thin font with um, wide spacing between the letters and the Destiny logo next to it, and it looks yeah. extremely clean. It's beautiful. Yeah, and um, then there's another one that looks even better. Well, it's but this one. I don't know if this one looks better. It's just a black PS4 with The Last of Us stuck on the top. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is, but it does look nice. Uh, the Last of Us Special Edition PS4. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It's just a shame that we're not getting them, it seems. I know. Dude, let me show you. I, I mean, I'm sure you guys can Google this if you just Google um, Destiny PS, Destiny Special PS4. This is the mock-up that I said looked really awesome. Um, but let's move a little bit forward here. Oh, wow. That looks, yeah, I agree. It looks great, doesn't it? Yeah, I want that. I want that to be a real thing. Activision, make this a real thing. I know, it looks amazing. And that, that's still tin version as well. Yeah. See, oh. Now, I've been trying to get my hands, or at least find available, um, the Ghost Edition of Destiny. I don't know why I want the Ghost Edition, because I would, frankly, be perfectly fine with the Limited Edition. Because, really, the only difference between the Limited Edition and the Ghost Edition is you get like these little stickers, and you get um, the Ghost Replica. Um, which actually, it, it's motion, it's motion sensing, and it responds with audio 
and lights and stuff from the game itself. So I guess that would be cool, but I don't know that I want to pay 50 bucks for it. Um, so I feel like the limited edition would be fine, which Best Buy actually has. So I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm trying to see if I can maybe wait and find one. I don't know. Well, it's already on eBay for, for ridiculous prices. No, I'm not doing that. I, I don't understand why people do that. Like, <laughs> I know, it's stupid. I, I know people, or I know of people who have paid, like, upwards of a thousand, two thousand dollars for a PS4. There was even a PS4 back when it launched for like ten thousand dollars on eBay. Oh wow, that's insane. And it's like you know, I know you have to wait, but here are your choices: wait a little while and pay four hundred dollars, get it right now and pay like a thousand dollars plus. You know, I was I was really tempted when I bought my PS4 to trade it in because the CEX down the road. Was tra- taking uh, when you traded a PS4 in, they were giving six hundred and fifty pounds in cash. What? Well, I paid four hundred. Dude, you could have gotten another PS4. <laughs> yeah, I could have got another PS4 and then had the money price. left over. Yeah, I was, if if it wasn't the fact that my store was going to sell out, yeah, I would have so tempted to trade it in just to go in the next store and bought another one. Yeah, I'm especially glad- as I got the gamers edition version. I'm I'm glad to have pre-ordered. Yeah, I did. Um, those who pre-ordered got to skip the whole nonsense about it. Um, well, it's nice. We did the whole pay before it launches thing as well. Yeah. Where if you paid, you could just walk up at midnight and pick up your PS4. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of sat outside the store before it opened. Wow. How long? About two hours. Oh, so that's not terrible. Yeah, but I live in a small town. Remember that? So. Right. That's still pretty big. Okay. Um, I got number one. Yeah. So, um, thank you, Fonz, for your tweets. Um, he does say that, yes, he would like to be on the show. Uh, Dane invited... Like, I guess he figured he was going to be the host all the time because he started doing all these things that I had never heard of before. Um, <laughs> but he invited the Fonz onto the show, which I'm not opposed to. So, yeah, maybe, maybe sometime soon, Fonz, you can uh, join us for an episode of RDGH. Um, but, oh... Also, uh, he said something in relation to episode one, which we published on Saturday, the 26th. He said the difference from episode one from the rest is uh, Gary with his Russian accent. Other than that, it's the same format. I forgot you did that, Gary. Yes, I did. He did the first episode entirely in a Russian accent. It was quite exhausting. My (laughs) (laughs) Imagine, what about the people who speak like that all the time? Their throats... Their throat's still... Well, that's their accent. I kind of have to force it. You have to force it. Okay. Um, let's talk gaming, guys. That's what we're here for. Um, what should we start with? There's just so much. Let's start here. Uh, Sony has released its lineup for Gamescom 2014. And while I'm not always in favor of a move like that, um, because that usually takes the surprise right out of it, um, unless there's just something that they're not telling us. Um, the, basically, the, the lineup... Oh, you think there is? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. They already promised there'll be surprises. They promised there'll be surprises. Okay, yeah. well, well, let's go over this. Um, sorry, Microsoft, Nintendo. You guys, um, Microsoft and Nintendo don't typically go to Gamescom. Why is not is beyond me, but Sony is always at Gamescom. So, um... PlayStation fans, this is for you. Here is what's going down. 
at Gamescom for PlayStation. Uh, Battlefield Hardline, which has been delayed, unfortunately. Uh, I'm going to run through this pretty quickly. For PlayStation 4, Battlefield Hardline, Bloodborne, Counter-Spy, Drive Club, Surgeon Simulator, because we need another simulator game, apparently. Hey, that's one of the original. It's been out. Surgeon Simulator was out before the simulator boom happened. Wow. Um, Middle Earth, Shadow of Mortar, Alien Isolation, Diablo 3, Lego Batman 3, Beyond Gotham, Far Cry 4, WWE 2K15, NBA 2K15, Assault Android Cactus, Pix the Cat, Nom Nom Galaxy, Nuclear Throne, Galaxy, Z, Project Cars, Disney Infinity 2, Ho Ho Come, Helldivers, Destiny, Until Dawn, The Unfinished Swan, The Order 1886, The Last of Us Remastered, Super Exploding Zoo... Okay. SingStar, Minecraft PlayStation 4 Edition, Little Big Planet 3, Killzone Shadowfall Intercept, Journey, Infamous First Light, and Hustle Kings. Um, for the Vita, um, yes, the Vita will be there, uh, as we hoped, I suppose. Super Exploding Zoo, again, Soul Sacrifice Delta, Futuridium, Hatsune Miku Project Diva F2, what a mouthful. Flame Over, Frozen Synapse Tactics, Final Horizon, Dragon Fin Soup. Lego Ninjago Ninjoids, The Sly Trilogy, The Ratchet and Clank Trilogy, PlayStation Vita Pets, Murasaki Baby, Minecraft PS Vita Edition, Invisibles Das Bundnis, <laughs> Hotline Miami, <laughs> Hotline Miami Two, Wrong Number, Ho Ho Come, Freedom Wars, Entwined, and Big Fest. Um, all of the above, all of those titles are going to be on display at Gamescom between August 14 and 17. The article at GamingEverything.com says to expect some surprises as well. Um, yeah. That was a mouthful. Um, I don't know if you guys caught that, so let me send you the link that I was reading from. What do you guys think of this lineup? The lineup is... Wow. But I, I'm assuming this is games that are going to be playable for people on the show floor. It does say on display. That's what it says. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that means playable or you're just going to be able to look at it. Yeah, so th this doesn't indicate what they're going to be showing at the press conference that they have, that their Sony is having. Okay. Okay. It's a lot of games. It's good to see the Vita have quite a, quite a few games there. Yeah, the Vita's, n the Vita's not... I'm sure a lot of those are already out, though. We've already got Ratchet and Clank. We've already got Sly Trilogy. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Ratchet and Clank is out? It is in oh, Europe. It's coming out this Tuesday in the U.S. Oh, okay. I was about yeah. to say. Uh, PS Vita Pets, I've, I've already seen that already. Entwine, um, um, we've done a review for it, so that can't be too far away. That's also uh, coming out this Tuesday on the Vita. Yeah, Soul Sacrifice Delta is already out, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, it's not a very good lineup for the Vita when half of them are already out. Well, I mean, it's still new games. Um, I I don't know if half of them are already out. Like, Entwined is not out for it yet, is it? No, but it'll be out before this event. It'll be out before the event? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. It's something. Um, the Vita's not dead or anything, but they are refocusing now on um, indie games, which isn't a bad thing, but it is disappointing considering that all the people who own a Vita bought it with the vision in mind that Sony first uh, relayed to us. Um, the whole console on a handheld thing. 
Um, that's what people bought the Vita for. And now, you know, they're refocusing and they're going to different things. And now they have to get all those people who bought the Vita to stick around for that. Um, which shouldn't be too hard. I mean, they already paid for the thing. They could just sell it if, if they really don't want it, though. Um, I think Journey is a big eye raiser. We've been wondering, like, we've had both Flow and Flower from That Game Company. That is the name of the studio, by the way, That Game Company. We had Flow and Flower come out, and we were all wondering when Journey would make an appearance. Um, and it seems like finally it is ready to do just that. Yeah, on the PS4. Yeah. There it is. That pretty much, I don't even think they officially announced the game on the PS4. You just see it there on the lineup now. Yeah, they never. I don't think they ever did announce it, did they? No, they never announced it, as far as I can remember. But it's right there. Hmm. Interesting. Little Big Planet Three will be there. We, uh, Killzone Shadowfall Intercept. I had not known that there was going to be another iteration of Killzone Shadowfall. What? What do you? What is this? Is this an expansion of some sort? Intercept is this, the multiplayer horde mode. Oh, it's just another. This is the four-player co-op horde mode. That's already out here in the U.S. So oh. it's already out here in Europe. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Yeah, I remember. I, I never, first, I just totally zoned on Killzone Shadowfall. I played it, didn't care for the story, didn't like the multiplayer, and so I sold it and got Assassin's Creed Four. And since then, I just haven't paid attention to it. <laughs> I think the two surprises here, in my opinion, if they're going to be playable, is Bloodborne and The Order eighteen eighty six. Because right. neither of those games were playable at E3. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just trailers. Not just trailers? Yeah, I expect the order... No, and... Bloodborne is going to be playable. They said it, that game oh. will be playable at Gamescom. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's good then. Yeah, which means a lot of things. It might be coming sooner than we all think it is as well. Oh, if it's playable at Gamescom, then it'll be playable at Eurogame Expo in September. Yes. I can't. I know what I'm lining up for. I can't imagine. Um, I mean, I, I feel a little sad to see that uh, some of the titles that were announced to be three are not there, like Bat- Batman: Arkham Knight, for instance. That's um, true. Uncharted Four. I didn't expect this to be there, really. Um, but they might be in a new trailer or something at the conference. Yeah, they could do a new trailer. I doubt it. Well, they did say that there's going to be Uncharted 4 news coming very soon on their Twitter, so... Well, you know what Sony means with very soon. I, I for some <laughs> reason, I'm expecting very soon to mean the VGAs. <laughs> oh, no, don't don't ever say that again. <laughs> oh, man. Same, so, another Uncharted that hasn't been shown off at the VGAs, or even The Last of Us. Uh, well, speaking of Uncharted, um, we finally have news on the Uncharted movie. Now, before I talk about the Uncharted movie further, let's take a quick look back. This Uncharted movie has been in has been a thing for years now, and it has not yet even... I don't even think it's really begun... Well, no, to say it hasn't begun production would be silly. But it's just that it hasn't gone anywhere. Like, it switched directors, like, three times. There was one director who just had a thing for Mark Wahlberg and wanted Mark Wahlberg to play Nathan Drake to the horror of fans um, (laughs) of the series for some reason. 
Uh, not only that, but he wanted to take the whole series in a direction that didn't make sense, and eventually he left. Um, Nathan Fillion has been kind of... I mean, he's, he's shown his interest in playing Nathan Drake. And I don't know, he, 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 I could see him looking a little like Nathan Drake, yeah. But now that, the, now that the movie's finally on the table again, there are talks that Nathan Fillion could um, end up getting that role uh, as Nathan Drake. Um, Mark, Mark Wahlberg is also kind of still there as, as a possibility. He could, he could do it, too. Um, confirmed production members include director Seth Gordon with Avi Arad, Charles Roven, and Alex Gartner producing. Uh, Sony Pictures Entertainment president Doug Belgrad was optimistic of the film's revealed date, uh, which, um, as he said, was going to be June 10, 2016. Uh, he says, and I quote, this is from PSU.com, it's just the right place for this exciting action-adventure film. So in a couple years, literally just under two years from now, we could be sitting in a theater finally watching the long-awaited Uncharted movie. Uh, I don't know. Uh, why so underwhelming? Why, why the underwhelming response? It's a video game movie. I, I don't expect yeah. anything. Wait, yeah. now, before you say that, I mean, we haven't really had very many video game movies yet. We've had all sorts of movie video games, but we haven't really had any video game movies yet. So what are you basing this off of? Dead or Alive, Mortal Kombat, Blood Rain, ha- ha- um, Alone in the Dark, uh, Tekken, um, King Bright. of Fighters. Um, any, can you think of any more, Gary? Uh, Far Cry, Mario. There, uh, is not, sort of pro- there has not been a Mario movie. Yeah, yeah, there is. Super Mario Brothers, man. Are you oh, serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't ever watch it. Don't ever, <laughs> don't ever even. Well, actually, I don't know. It's 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 not that bad, Gary. Are you kidding me? It's that. It's my opinion. It's one of those movies that's so bad, so <sighs> horrendously bad that you kind of want to watch it just to see how bad it gets. I want to punch you right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just got one thing to say, Gary, about that. One one thing. Please what do. <laughs> oh my what, god. What about <laughs> what about Hitman? Hitman was okay, in my opinion. I don't think they got the right actor to play the character. What, Oliphant? Yeah. I think they should have gone with their first decision, which was Vin Diesel, who actually wanted to do it, and he was even the producer at one point. I don't know. I think Oliphant pulls off the Hitman look better. Like, I think Vin Diesel's face isn't the right face for him. Well, the funny thing is, it's, it's the same thing with Uncharted when it comes to him. Like, the voice actor that does the voice of Agent 47 looks just like the character. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what? he's a known actor. He's a stage actor. They easily could have gotten him to play the role. But they wanted a high-profile actor instead. Screw it. Screw that. Yeah. I like, don't care no, about like, a freaking you know, Look up the guy who plays the Agent 47. He looks just like him. And he looks just like the age that the character is, too. And it's the same thing with Uncharted, in my opinion. I mean... Noah North is a little older, but he looks just like Nathan Drake. You know what? To tell the <laughs> truth, I think that they got that wrong, because quite frankly, especially since this is a video game movie, who would you rather see? Some high-profile actor or the guy who actually played the character in the video game? Which one would probably get your money? 
the guy who played him in the video game. People will start a yeah. petition to get him to do it too because you, you'll get the same voice and he's bald just like the, the character is and he looks just like him. Well, he literally does the same physique, everything. I just, I don't know why they didn't take him. Well, they're stupid. Um, and to tell the truth, I don't know. Like, that was literally the first time I had heard of Timothy Oliphant, so didn't even work for me. But, oh, um... Oh, I, I thought of another one. I, I know it's gone out of my head. Tomb Raider, that was it. Okay. Um... But anyway, um... Dang, dang it, Ben, I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what bad video game movies do to you. No, that's what you do to me. No, like, seriously... <laughs> Nolan North and Emily Rose look exactly like the characters they play. Just get them to play the roles. I don't know why that's hard. Is it fair to say now, though, that these days, um, with the uh, movies that are coming out about video games, could they be at a different level of quality than the previous ones? They could be, yeah, especially how like comic book movies have taken off so much now. I think uh, high-profile studios like that are starting to realize that... You, you can't really screw things up anymore because you're going to take a huge hit from fans. I mean, look what happened with the Ninja Turtles movie when Michael Bay said they're going to be aliens instead of turtles. And it just caused this huge outrage where he eventually went and changed the script so they will be turtles instead of aliens. Yeah, here's the thing. You cannot go back and reinvent the wheel, okay? Yeah. Like, people are into these movies because they're fans of it. So you cannot go back and say, oh, guess what? This isn't how it is anymore. I'm going to do something else. It, it doesn't work that way. It just does not work that way. Yeah, which, and that's like the biggest thing that pisses me off when, when directors say, like, we're going to tell the story, but we're going to add our own things to it because people don't want to experience the same story they did in the game. Now, you know, that, that I can sympathize with a little bit because, I mean, when you, when you tell a story with a movie, you have to do that differently than when you tell a story with a book or a video game. And in, in some cases, it is good to, you know, kind of put the whatever you had last, kind of put it aside a little bit and kind of welcome a different version of the story. Um, it, it depends, though, because sometimes it doesn't make sense. Like Harry Potter, I think around the sixth Harry Potter movie, um, the beginning was very different from the book, um, because in the movie, like, they started in a restaurant, and some random waitress recognized Harry and was asked him for a date, but then Dumbledore came in and screwed it up. And it was like, well, what was the point of changing that? It, it, didn't, it didn't make any sense. So it, I think it needs to make sense when you do something like that. But, you know, if you're going to add something to the story, just make it make sense. But... Try to be open to something new because you're watching it in a different way. You're experiencing it in a different way and through a different medium than just what you had before. They don't always translate the same way. While um, we're talking about tra changes in the Turtle movie, I find it hilarious that the original 90s versions of the uh, Turtles was always censored for Europe. Um, I, I think the Turtles look stupid. No, we weren't allowed the word ninja in TV shows back then. So they were called the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Yeah, you mentioned something like that. Yeah, so... They they look... I don't think they look very good. They have... No, they look horrible. They have, like, lips and noses and... What's with Donnie's freaking glasses? What is that? Like... Yeah. I, I, they look absolutely terrible. They look, they look dreadful. Um, the, the thing that kills me, too, is, like, 
Why couldn't you just get the same voice guys that played the original Turtles in the original movies to do it? No. As well. You know, if, if it's all CG, why does it matter? You know who I think is the worst offender for um, a director taking stories into different directions? M. Night freaking Shyamalan. <laughs> that guy is the worst freaking director I have ever seen. Did you see what he did to Avatar The Last Airbender? Uh, he renamed the characters. Why? What a twist. Why? Why would you... He went so far as to rename the freaking characters. Why? Why M. Night Shyamalan? Like, that, yeah. that just sparked so much backlash. Like, have you, have you guys seen the animated show, the, the Avatar The Last Airbender? I've exactly seen it. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Go watch it. It's so good. It the really, second book is even better. Like, at, first it's, at first, it's a little childish, it feels. But once it starts getting into it, it's really good. Take a look at it. Um, but I, all I hope is that just like um, at the end of the series, which I'm not going to describe, let's just say that I hope someone takes M. Night Shyamalan's ability to direct away. Um, I, I can live happily. Like, he messed up. Remember, what was that movie with Will Smith and his son? Um, Sense? Huh? Yes, it was after that. Like, Will Smith and his son, oh, they, got stru- they got stranded on some uh, planet. They're on some weird... Yeah. Oh, Will Smith! Oh, I keep thinking... After Earth. After Earth. After Earth. Yeah, because... Um, what you get? I've watched the Stolder Critics review of that recently. Yeah, That's ev- funny. Everyone was so into that movie, but then when it came out, everyone was like, wow, this movie sucks. That was a horrendous movie. And then... If you want to watch a... Sorry. And then I looked at the thing and it said M. Night Shyamalan, and I was like, oh, that's why. If you want to watch a really, really bad M. Night Shyamalan movie, look up The Devil, where it hit the plot twist. Sorry for all the spoilers, everyone. Don't say the... spoilers. No, no, don't say spoilers. No, don't say spoilers. <laughs> why would you say spoilers on an open podcast? Come on. Because people need to know how bad this is. Well, you know, let them find out. But just, just know that it's really bad. Yeah, it's, re- it's don't, really bad. I, I, don't, don't watch it. Don't give him money. Only, 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 only watch it if you can get it for free and if you're really curious yeah. about what Ben said. Yeah, yeah it is a really yeah. bad twist. <laughs> Gary, what is it with you? Whenever someone talks, your voice just vanishes. I don't know. What was it? <laughs> what was it? What was it you were saying? I said he went. He really lost his touch after he did Unbreakable. That was the last decent thing he did. Oh my goodness, he's he's in a slump. He needs to go. Um, I I was so sad because I was so happy to see the last Airbender turn into a movie, and then it turned into that. Such a disappointment. Um, I'm sure it's still not as bad as the Dragon Ball Z Evolution movie. <laughs> No, it's just no. Yeah, let's. I couldn't make past ten minutes before I wanted to throw the disc out, throw my actual DVD out of the window, and jump on it. What a mess. Um, let's talk Xbox One. Actually, our last episode, not not episode one, but episode twenty-seven, we spent a lot of time talking about Xbox One. Uh, Gary, were you there? Yeah, we were there. Was I? Uh, with Dane. Yes. Yeah, so. you. What was it we were talking about so long for the Xbox One? I don't remember now. Well, anyway, we were talking about the Xbox One for a long time. Um, 
Was that the one with Harvey Eagle? No, it wasn't the one with Harvey Eagle. It was something different. Um, anyway. Uh, uh, damn you, Harvey Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I think it started with um, the Xbox sales doubling after the price drop and whatnot. But anyway, um, GameZone says this about the Xbox One. If Xbox One can't outsell PS4 this holiday season, it probably never will. Dun, dun, dun. Um, this is Matt Liebel. Label? Liebel? Liebel? L-I-E-B-L. Matt L-I-E-B-L from GameZone. Um, he says that it's fair to say that this generation is off to a fairly slow start in terms of actual, quote, next-gen game releases. I freaking hate that he used the term next-gen. Um, sure, that we've had a few notable ones, Titanfall, Infamous, Second Son, but the majority of games have been cross-gen and remakes. I'm not complaining, just pointing out that during a time in which both consoles are about as even as it will get in the terms of game lineups, the PS4 is outselling Xbox One by quite a large margin. So far, nothing that we don't know already. Um, anyway, he continues that... He continues to say that Microsoft is going to have trouble this fall, um, or that, uh, yeah, he says, I strongly believe that this fall will mark the one time that Microsoft will have a clear advantage over Sony, um, which is confusing. I'm not sure why he believes that. He doesn't really go into it much, except for that he likes he he likes Microsoft's game lineup better. Um, but anyway, he says that there's still a disparity in exclusives, and so Microsoft is going to have some trouble, and if it can't outsell the PS4 this fall, it never will. So according to GameZone's Matt Liebel, this fall, this holiday season, is the only chance that Xbox One has to get ahead of the PS4. What do you guys think? I think he needs to get a different job. Ah, man. Right off the bat. Why, why do you feel this way? Uh, because the people kind of said the same thing about the PS3, and yeah, it took a while, but it finally caught up to the 360 and overtook it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So saying this so early, what it, what's it going to be a year since it's been out, is absolutely, in my opinion, a very ignorant comment to make. Yeah, You, you should never make comments like that, especially when it's so early in, in the life cycle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they're saying it's going to be a 10-year life cycle with these consoles. Well, that's all. That's a long time to catch up. Yeah, they haven't even been out a year yet. Yeah, and that's no. He should <laughs> well, like that. Just I don't know how they get jobs. Well, let, let's ask this: Is it possible? Uh, what would what would the Xbox One need to do at this point to outsell the PS4? Because we have um, a, a device that did terrible out of the gate. Um, in part, thanks to Microsoft. Actually, no, completely thanks to Microsoft. It did very poorly out of the gate uh, in comparison to the PS4, which took off like a freaking rocket. Um, however, over time, it has gotten significantly better. It is now more gamer-focused. Um, it is a little less powerful, but it has interesting features. Um, it has a new person at the helm in Phil Spencer, who is doing a fantastic job. It's had a price cut to make it on par with the PlayStation 4. Um, and so sales have doubled uh, since the previous month. However, there's still quite a bit less than the PS4. There's still more that Microsoft is going to have to do in order to catch the thing up with the PS4. 
Um, as I mentioned before, it's just the laws of physics. In order to pass something, you have to move faster than it does. So in order for Xbox One to outsell the PS4, it is going to need to sell faster, which it just hasn't done yet. So what do you think needs to happen? What do, what do they have to do? I think they're doing everything they, they need to do. I mean, there's not much more you can. They drop the connect, they drop the price of the system. Um, they're focusing more on games. They're dropping the whole entertainment thing of the console. Mm. Xbox um, Studios, they even shut down Xbox Studios. Yeah. Um, but although they're, they're, gonna, they're still going to bring out the Halo uh, series and whatnot, but nothing yeah. new from, Halo, from uh, Xbox Studios from now on. Yeah, I think they're doing everything they can at this point, and there's really not much more they can do except, you know, get the games out as soon as they, they can. Like I said before, if, if they do ever overtake the PS4 this year, it'll probably be only for a month or two, and then Sony will easily come back come uh, February, where most of their big games are coming out is in February, and a lot of the third-party games with the exclusive DLC content that everybody keeps talking about is, is probably going to come on, on PS3 or PS4 as well, so... Yeah. See, that's that's the thing about Microsoft. Like, it, I guess my next question would be, is it possible? Because this is a generation of games that is about the content more than ever. Um, with the PS3 and the PS4, uh, I, I guess... The, I mean, excuse me, the PS3 and the Xbox 360, I guess now they build off of what they made back then. But back then, Microsoft was all about online community, online games, all that sort of thing. Whereas PlayStation was more about the exclusives. So in a generation where, the, where things are more about content than ever before, and where the, the systems are very, very similar to each other, is it possible now like, for Microsoft to get those exclusives? That it needs. I mean, even even at E3, even though it had a very strong E3 showing, not very much of what it showed was exclusive to the Xbox One. Is it possible for them to deliver all of that exclusive content that they, that it needs at this point in order to do that? Because that is really the only thing that is going to help it outsell the PS4. I don't think I, so. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. I gotta say, I really think. I know this sounds weird, but I think all their all their well, I think as the term is, one eighties, has damaged them more, even more than a lot of people think. By going back on what they've said, with like, even with, yeah, even if it's, even if it's positive reasons for going back, that's still sort of you think. Well, if they've gone back once, what's stopping them from doing it again? Like with the TV stuff and the uh, on, online not being you know needed and. There's always, in the back of your head, you think, well, they turned around so fast and said, no, it's okay, we'll switch it over. How, how, what's, not stop, what's stopping them in two or three years' time once everyone's purchased the system to go, okay, we'll switch it back now? Yeah. I think that's, that's the main issue with this console, and so, I think that's why... So do you think that Xbox should have stuck with its guns from uh, the vision it originally showed in the beginning? Would that, would have, would that have done any better for it? I think it would, it would probably do a little bit worse than now is now, but I think yes, I think it would have been better because at least you knew what you were going to be purchasing. You knew it was going to do this. You knew it had to do this. You knew this was going to happen. And as much as you disliked it, if you wanted those games, you had to put up with it. Well, now you don't know if that's going to this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen now. Is it going to happen later? It's just oh, it's, that's one of the reasons that puts me off the Xbox One in case they do decide. Oh, actually, we'll flip the switch online only. 
See, here's the thing. Here's where I disagree with you on that. And because, I mean, if t- take a look at what happened when they announced that um, Don Matrick came out and said, hey, we have a console for you. It's the Xbox 360. And fans turned back and said, actually, it's the PS4. Um, like, you can't forget that Microsoft has a competitor in all of this, and gamers have already demonstrated, thankfully, that if they feel that they're just truly being ripped off, they're just not going to buy the product. They're going to go with the, the other option. So could Microsoft really afford to stick to its guns at that point? Because, frankly, it was getting thrashed by Sony out of the gate. Like, from, from the announcement at E3 2013... It was just, it was, it looked like it was done. If Microsoft had not gone back and said, hey, we've decided we're going to do this instead, the Xbox would be in far worse a situation than it, than it is right now. Believe to be me. honest, I think the main problem with that as well is that, I know, is that statement that, um, well, you could buy an Xbox 360 instead. That, that should have been said a little bit differently, in my opinion. Well, a, a lot of things that a lot of things that they said should have been said differently. A lot of things they said should have been said differently. But no, they um, their their whole attitude. That was one of the things that stabbed them in the foot uh, was their arrogant attitude, um, and and that was a big turnoff to a lot of people. But since it, then, uh, since then, it, it's gotten so much better. It's but sad. people still remember what happened. Yeah, but you can't dwell on that. Like they're they're gonna forget. They'd be stupid not to, you know? It's just like, oh, you know, a year ago, Microsoft did this. Well, guess what? There's a new product out now. There's a very different product out now. So, you know, if you're going to if you're gonna live on what they said last year instead of where they are clearly going now, then you're the one who's going to miss out. Well, you, I just don't think it... I just really doubt it. So Especially you, in Europe. So you don't think that the original Xbox One with the DRM restrictions, the always online, you think that would not have done too much worse than what is out right now? No, I don't think it would have done that much worse. Well, it would have done pretty badly, but I, don't, I think we'll still see it do it, go in second place, of course, with the Wii U being last. Well, yeah, it would still... I don't think it would have even been in second place. I think it would have been dead last. Oh, no. I, I, think, I think it would have been absolutely dead last. The only saving grace about that whole package they offered was the family sharing option, and even that had some pretty annoying restrictions on it. I think with, with, with a competitor offering a much a, a cheaper package with no restrictions and great games, great exclusives, versus something that is more focused on TV that is... $100 more, and that comes with a ton of anti-consumer restrictions. As long as there is another option that is better, then people are going to take the better option, and the other one is just going to die. I, I, have, I do not think it would have done anything. I could never see this parallel universe, sadly. Good. Let it, let it go away. Let it go away. Um, Gary, you were trying to say something. I was going to say, uh, I just remember how, you know, we're, we're talking about Microsoft's arrogance here. I mean, Sony was extremely arrogant when they were doing their PS3 thing. And Absolutely. That. And that came back to haunt them. So it, it's kind of like this curse of the third console. Yeah. That, I always say <laughs> that, Gary. <laughs> I mean, Nintendo had it. Sega definitely had it with the Saturn. You know, it's just, it, it sucks, but it is what it is. Um. 
Uh, going back to the exclusive things, uh, you said, do they have the exclusives to do it this year? Um, no, I don't think they do. Um, do they have the exclusives to do it any year? Uh, probably next year, yeah. If they announce other exclusives outside of Halo 5 that it's going to be coming to the console, depending on what it is, they could. But the thing is, when it comes to Microsoft, I don't see the big exclusives that everybody else sees. Everybody always says that they have the better exclusives. I don't know what those better exclusives are. You would be the one of very few people who have ever said that to me. I mean, usually Xbox's biggest strength is its online network. And usually usually there are only just a few exclusives worth playing, such as Forza, Fable, uh, Halo, those kinds of exclusives. Yeah, so you can talk about Forza all you want, but the fact is... you. Forza is a racing game. If you're not a racing fan, you're not going to care about that game. Mm-hmm. So that that's like a strictly one market, one one demographic game. Well, or, I mean, all of them are going to be like that. Forza, Fable, Fable, Fable is also a uh, it's an RPG game. So if you're not a fan of RPG games, that one's out the window too. Yeah, but it's also an action game as well. It's an action RPG, so it can appeal to both of those players. Well, you but, know, that, that feels like, you know, hey, you got chocolate in my peanut butter. You, it, it's, it feels like it's still going to be the same thing. Like, if you just don't like RPG games, then even if it's an action game too, it's still an RPG game. That's true. But, you know, I'll, I'll, the only two I can think of that's going to save Microsoft is pretty much Halo 5 and, I don't know how, but I guess uh, Crackdown. Crackdown. Uh, of all the exclusive that I know that they've announced so far, it's those two that I can see. Fable, maybe, but Fable has been disappointing fans every year that it's been coming out. They keep promising things, and they keep not delivering on those things. On Wait, really? Yes. What? Every Fable game that they have announced, they said they're going to do all these things, and then like only half of those features ever make it into the game. Hmm. And it just pisses people off. And I think Fable's kind of done for now that Peter Molyneux is gone from, from there. Yeah. Uh, and he was the creator of it. That was his his baby. And, you know, I don't know. Like, I just don't see the exclusives outside of of Halo. That, that's honestly the only exclusive I see that can Gears that's, of War? sell them consoles. What about Gears of War? Maybe Gears of War, but then again, it's now being made by Microsoft and not Epic Games. So wait, let me ask you this. You don't see Sunset Overdrive, Quantum Break, um, I'm not even going to say like uh, Phantom Dust because no one knows anything. They didn't show us peanuts about Phantom Dust, Mm -hmm. Um, but they did mention some pretty good-looking exclusives. You don't... Th- and, and not only that, but some games that they seem to be tailoring toward the Xbox One in the same way that PlayStation is doing with games like Destiny and Watch Dogs. You don't think that these are going to sell consoles? Uh, Sunset Overdrive is, a, like we've always said, a new IP, so that's kind of a hit and miss. Well, so is Watch Dogs. Yeah, yeah but, but Watch Dogs had a lot of... Money into it. Yeah. Watch Dogs had a lot of hype behind it. Yeah, yeah. there's no way uh, Insomniac is going to be able to afford that kind of hype for their game. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunset Overdrive c- 
could move some units, but I don't think it's going to be as big of a success as people think it's going to be. Um, no, I, I don't. It, it's it's going to be. I think it's going to be a success. I just don't think it's going to light the world on fire. Yeah, um, I don't see it pushing more than maybe one point five million units. So on its own. Yeah. Okay. Um. What other ones? By the way, Gary, I, I don't even think you'll get. I think you'll reach about seven hundred thousand. I don't think it even reached one point five. Maybe one point five in its lifetime, but not, not, not straight away. Well, no. Oh, as far as unit, as far as systems sold. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll. I don't. Is North America much of an insomatics sales group? A what? Do do many games Ratchet and Clanks and that sell well in North America? I don't know. I mean. That's that's a very specific question. Has been pushing millions almost yeah. every every one they've released okay. outside of the last three, which haven't really been full release. I think Crack in Time was the last real Ratchet and Clank game. Yeah, it was. The after that, let's see what what have we had after that? We had that's Into the, the Nexus, and we had something else. All for one. Yeah, that was that was terrible. That was yeah, see, I think after after Crack in Time, they kind of just started doing experiments yeah. with Ratchet and Clank and different genres to see if it can take off, which it didn't. They did the tower defense game. Uh, I don't remember which one that one was. It was supposed to come out on a Vita as well, but never did. I'm worried that my boy Ratchet is going the way of Sonic. <laughs> which is a shame. Which is well, sad because both of them have been my very favorite video game characters at, at some point. Yeah, and what other games did you mention, Glenn? Um, for what? Xbox exclusives? Yeah. Let's see. Um, as far as new ones, let's see. There was uh, Sunset Overdrive. I, I can't remember. Quantum Break. Quantum Break. That was that was okay. the last Quantum thing. Break is going to be very weird, in my opinion. Uh, since the cancellation of the TV show, which it was supposed to be centered around. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna. I thought they were still doing the TV show with it. No, that's not happening anymore. I think Um, think the TV show idea for a new IP was a a dumb idea. And another problem with that game is because they've shown so little, so I'm judging it from what they've shown. Um, First off, because Remedy is doing it, and I love Remedy, I loved every game they've ever done. The problem is their games don't sell. We've seen that with. Alan Wake. You know, I love Alan Wake. That is a very like, niche game that people love. But it did not sell for them. Mm-hmm. And this is why we've never got a sequel. People wanted a sequel. It's never happened. So Remedy is one of those studios. They create great games, but they just don't sell very well. Um, outside of that, it's also like we've always said, a new IP. So it's either going to be a hit or it's not. And from what it's looking to be, it's gonna—it's looking to be more like a, um, what's that studio, Quantic Dream type game, rather than an actual action or adventure type game that we're thinking it's gonna be. Right. So we'll see what happens with that one. Um, Gears of War, uh, it—it'll definitely sell for Microsoft, but because it's lost, Kuf Pozinski, it's lost. Pretty much everybody that's worked on it, it's not Epic Games anymore, it's Microsoft making it. Um, from the sales of the last Gears of War, weren't that great. 
Uh, I think it was the weakest selling of all of them because when Brzezinski didn't make it, I think it was handed out down to somebody else to do. Um, the franchise itself, I think, was a bad purchase for, for Microsoft in general because it's just... The franchise was kind of done with, with Gears of War 3, in, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinion. But we'll see. Yeah. But other, other than that, I just don't see what Microsoft really has from first party. I mean, they're bringing back Phantom Dust, and from what I remember, it was one of the worst-rated Xbox games that came out when it launched. Oh, so wait, Phantom Dust was a, a, a game previously? Yes, it came out on the original Xbox, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because they, that trailer that they showed at E3 told us little to nothing about the game. Yeah. Like, there are characters, and there are beams of light, and gusts of wind, and then the name Phantom Dust, and it's just like, okay, so... Yeah, it's weird to me, like, of all the franchises to bring back, this is the one they're bringing back. The one that did not sell well at all was one of the worst-reviewed games on that console, and that's the one they bring back. I mean, they have so many franchises, so, I mean, they bought Rare. How many franchises does Rare have? I don't know, but I'm sad they brought Rare. I wanted to. I wanted them to do another um, Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> I love that game. Yeah, you know, it's like you have Rare. You can go and do another Perfect Dark game, but actually make it a good Perfect Dark game. Mm-hmm. You know, you have. You know, people have been wanting Conquer for a long time, and you putting him into a different game as some DLC character. Well, it's not even a game. It's a, a game to make games. Yeah. You know. <laughs> So, by the same token, could they take Phantom Dust and just actually make it a good Phantom Dust? They could, but it's going to be coming off of a game that was a failure for them. I don't know. I'm looking on Metacritic, and its average is 81. What? Really? Yeah. Yeah, its average is 81, with the highest at 90 by Famitsu. So, it's, it's not that much of a failure. Well, it didn't sell here in America. As far as I can remember. Yeah. So, and the user reviews are given 8.6 with 11 positive and 2 negative. So, mm-hmm. it's not that bad. Hmm, I must be thinking of a different game then. I'm sorry. Sorry, viewers. <laughs> <laughs> well, one way... Sorry, one... listener. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like Dane. Um, well, one way or another, um, if you're like me, you probably haven't heard of Phantom Dust before. I had no idea that it was a previous game, um, especially with such a long gap between the original Xbox and the Xbox One. I mean, that's a decade uh, plus since the first Phantom Dust would have come out. No, it would have been a decade because the last one came out in 2005. Okay. Um <laughs> More you know. So, I, but, I mean, the point still stands. If you're like me, you probably haven't even heard of it. So, I, it, it almost feels like a clean slate for it. And, and yet, we don't very really know much of, of anything about it. So, I, I don't know what they're doing there. But, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that they have a bad lineup at all. They could use some more exclusives, which, again, has not always been their strong suit. Uh, exclusives have been Sony's paradise. Um, but with the console sim similar, Microsoft will probably want to look at turning that around. Um, all of that said, the Xbox One so far has seen some very big improvements 
and I mean very big improvements since last year, um, to the point that their sales are up from where they were before, which is a good step to be at. As for our friend Matt Liebel from GameZone.com, he is being more than presumptuous when he says that um, if Xbox One doesn't beat the PS4 this winter, it never will. Um, a lot can happen in a decade. A lot can happen in a decade. That is absolutely terrible comment. Yeah, it is. You know what? There, there is one thing that I wish Xbox would have done differently with its marketing. Um, because I, I think I mentioned before that I don't like it when companies treat their consumers like they're stupid. Um, I mean, when back last year at E3, when Microsoft was sticking its foot down its throat, um, I mean, there, was, there were very few people who didn't see what was going on. You know, when, when they came back and they were like, oh, well, we listened to our consumers and this is what happened. You know, I think that they would have benefited more from just saying, yeah, you know, we screwed up, but guess what? We're going to make a better Xbox than you've ever seen. You know, I mean, look at Domino's. And, and let me be honest, a game console is not the same as a pizza. They're, they're not marketed <laughs> in the same way. But, I mean... Look at Domino's. I mean, Domino's pizza used to be extremely bland. Um, and guess what? Domino's knew that. And I guess we can p perhaps thank their marketing executives and their PR company for it. Um, but they turned around and they were like, yeah, our, we know our pizza sucks. But guess what? We've done something else and we've made it better. Give it a try. Do you know how much money they made off of that? Like, I don't even know how much money they made out of that, but that was a lot. Like, they they got business because everyone wanted to try the new Domino's pizza. And let me be honest, it's I still think Papa John's is better, but it's actually pretty darn good. Um, I, I think that Xbox could have done it because when you say, oh, well, we just listened to our consumers, it's like, oh, I roll. Yeah, right. You know? I think that they probably would have retained a lot more respect if they had just said, yeah, where we were going probably wasn't a good idea. We lost focus on the prize. We lost focus on the gamers. But guess what? Try the Xbox One now. It's going to be better. It's going to be even better than we thought before. I think more people would have been interested in it. Actually, it's funny you say that because uh, recently I just saw a new Xbox One commercial where th that's exactly what they're talking about. They're actually using... Uh, Sylvester Stallone's voice uh, from Rocky, um, where he's talking about getting hit, going down, and always getting back up and coming back harder. And like he's talking in the background, and you're seeing you know the videos of Halo Five and Call of Duty and all that, and they're actually talking just the way you're talking about right now, where even though you're going down, they're gonna come back, and they're actually acknowledging that. Well, that's good, but the time for that, the time when they would have be really benefited from that was half a year ago. Um, this now, I mean, it's been out for a long time. A lot of people have already decided. A lot of people have already bought what their friends have. You know, the, to, to say that now, especially after all the commercials that they've had, with, like, with that one guy saying Xbox on and making all of America's Xboxes turn on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean... They they had so much time to get on that. They're doing it way too late now to really reap the benefits of what of what an of what a campaign like that can do. You know, the the time for that was back then when they started making these changes. 
when they started getting a new direction, when they started going a new way. Yeah, we got knocked down, but you know what? We're Microsoft. We're committed to making a great product for you. We're committed to making great games for you. We love our community, and this is what we're going to do. Here's where we go next. You're going to like it. That was the time to do it. Seven months later is not the time to, to get any benefits from that. Right now, it's just like, oh, you know, that's cool. But back then, back then is when it would have meant something. Um, Gary, you're sending me stuff by Skype. Come on. What is this? I'm sending you that video. Oh, you're sending me the video. I can't play it on the podcast. I'll take a look at it later. I know. <laughs> I'm mad at me. I'm just trying to help. No. KGB people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but let's see. Don't take this as, you know, we don't like the Xbox One or anything. Um, let me be very clear again in saying that I hate fanboys, and I, I don't like people being stuck to a brand. Um, you should always be stuck to the product, um, not just the logo that the product is under. Um, gamers showed that. I was proud of gamers at E3 who were saying, you know what, Xbox, you're going to screw us over. We're not buying your product. And the brand didn't matter. It was just, we want a good product. That's how it should always be. Um, I am actually interested in getting an Xbox One. In fact, I plan to get an Xbox One eventually when I am no longer a broke college student. Um, <laughs> and I am actually very pleased to see Microsoft turning things around and making a much more consumer-friendly product. Ben, I'm still surprised that you think the um, other Xbox would have done, wouldn't have done that much worse. Well, to be fair, Xbox has the trouble of the fact that it's not... Microsoft has a really bad reputation in Europe. It's not got a hugely big reputation in Japan. No. So even with all those bad press, it's still only... Its main focus is the North American market. And I'm sure they could find a way to sell it to people who use, like, cable boxes and stuff like that in North America. I think they would, be, they would have to do it very well, and I doubt they would be able to do it considering how they behaved. But there would be a small, a very, I'm not saying there's a huge chance, but I say that they would damage their image less by doing it in a way. You know, I They really, damage their image enough with it, but... I really think that it wouldn't have been a bad idea at all to have this media box that does all these TV things. Like, I, I think that in itself is a very good idea. I mean, Kindle Fire does not do what the Xbox One does. Apple TV doesn't do it. Google, the Chromecast doesn't do what the Xbox One does. But a game console is not the place for it. Like, if they had made this set-top box as a standalone device and just made the Xbox as a standalone device, and then to the Xbox people they could say, hey, we have all these TV shows coming out being produced by Xbox Studios. They're going to be exclusively available to those who buy this set-top box. You know, if they had not tied it in with a game console. like They have this whole philosophy now that everything that you have needs to be on one device. Like They changed SkyDrive to OneDrive. They made Xbox One. The Windows thing is one device for everything in your life. You know, it's like everything needs to be on one device, but not every device is like that. And, and you know, if you're selling... I, I think that they could have sold a lot of these set-top boxes to people at better prices. You know, that, that extra 100 to even $200, people would have bought that for. But, you know, when you put this in with a video game console and you call it an Xbox, 
well, people are going to look at it like a video game console, you know, duh. And so people who are not interested in a video game console are not going to spend $500 um, on a set-top box because they're not going to be playing any video games. They're not going to spend 500 bucks on a set-top box. Like, I feel like if they had marketed it as a separate device, they could have made some bank off of that. And I hate to say it, but you also got to blame Sony for that. Oh, really? I know this sounds weird, but Sony's main focus of the PS2 was to make it an all-in-one device. That's why you could play DVDs, music. Mm-hmm. That's why it was originally called the computer, uh, what's it, the PlayStation Computer Entertainment System, yeah. because they wanted to use the word computer in the device, so they could get around uh, um, paying the full price for taxes, import tax. Oh, import tax. Okay. Because computer, if you had a computer, it was cheaper to import than a computer, a video game system. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, they marketed it as an all-in-one device. Uh, the Xbox was designed to be a, the original Xbox was designed to be a competitor because of that, because Microsoft wanted to own the living room. And so in some ways, the original Xbox One is kind of like an evolved version of their original plans with the original Xbox. Right. Although they, they took it to levels that they shouldn't. Like, they, they took yeah. it to the level that it actually affected um, the way it runs games, which was a, a mistake. Yeah, because they've lost some of the... Well, they, they've got a weaker GPU because of the Kinect, uh, and 10% of that as well was disabled because of Kinect. Right. So with the new July update, developers will have access to that 10% resources of the GPU. Let's talk Xbox One just a little more. Um, this will probably mean little to you personally, but I certainly get a kick out of it. This is on Twinfinite.net. Twinfinite.net. Um, Best Buy accidentally sold $45 Xbox One consoles uh, in Canada. Uh, that's right. Uh, the article from Sharon Kuhn says, A few lucky Canadians had a great day today when they discovered Best Buy Canada listed the Xbox One console with Raymond Legends for the beautifully low price of $44.99. The listing's now corrected, and Best Buy does kind of reserve the right to cancel um, if there's a... If there's a mistake, Best Buy has the right to cancel the order and and correct things. But people got around that by ordering it online, reserving at a store, and doing store pickup. So that way they could run in and get their console directly from the store before Best Buy even has any idea that there's been any problem with the price. So um, a bunch of people, and and there's actually a receipt, uh, a picture of a receipt, a Best Buy receipt, from the Best Buy on Stavanger Drive in St. John's in Canada, um, where someone bought an Xbox One console with Raymond Legends for $44.99, which is just amazing. Uh, How do you guys feel about this? It kind of reminds me of that mix-up with the Vita with the Zavi. Absolutely. Uh, Where they, I can't remember what game it was now, where they purchased... Oh, what game was it? It was, it was a ge- anyway. It was Zavi, Tearaway. Tearaway, that was it. And they, uh, people received beaters instead of the actual game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, all I can say is I think we know what our, our intro song's got to be now, Glenn. What's that? Blame Canada. Blame Canada? Is that a song? From South Park. The, oh, that's the why. I don't watch South Park. Ah, uh, okay. But I'll find you it. You should look it up. I'll find it just for you. Yeah, Blame I think Canada. that should be our... Oh, main song. 
All right, you've got it. So you've heard that song at the beginning. Thank Ben for that. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I wish I could get, well, like, I, I really want to get the day one edition of the Xbox One, um, mainly because I actually do want the Kinect. Um, and I wouldn't mind having the stupid little day one thing on the controller, whatever. Um, which is, I believe, available on Amazon, is it? Oh, let me check. Duh, duh, duh. Uh, my local stores run out of day one edition consoles, but they still have day one live cards and oh, day one. Nope, the Xbox One console day one edition still available for four ninety nine ninety nine on the North American Amazon store. Oh, wow. So, um, gift wrap available. I might, w- one day I'll have enough money to gift wrap myself one of those. But, um, we'll see. Let's have a look at Amazon.uk. Yep, I think there's, yep, there's four still in stock. Oh, man. Those are £379. Pounds. Oh, okay. Those did not sell as well as everybody hoped. I might just get a used one. I don't want to pay five hundred dollars for that thing. Oh no, sorry. It's out. It's there's one for five hundred forty nine here. Oh, I was looking at the wrong one. Right. That's with FIFA fourteen. Wow. So let's talk industry real quick. Um, Twitch. Do you guys know what I'm going to talk about when I say Twitch? Yes. Okay. Yes. So a little while back, um, there was news that Google might be kind of interested in buying Twitch. And everyone was freaking out because, oh, no, it's Google, and now we're going to get, like, Google Plus requests on Twitch, um, which I said was, if, if I remember right, I said that that was foolishness, like, it's just going to be Twitch, just owned by Google. Um, well, anyway, that has finally happened. Google has officially signed on the dotted line to buy Twitch for $1 billion. Uh, Google saw enough value in Twitch to pay a $1 billion from it. Um, which is amazing. Uh, neither Google nor Twitch decided to comment on it, but both of them will be speaking at GamesBeat 2014 in September. Um, that is VentureBeats, uh, from VentureBeat.com, their event. Um, YouTube, Google's YouTube division, is in charge of the acquisition. Um, so it's going to, uh, basically, they're expecting it to really do some kind of transformation for YouTube's business. Um, so what do you think? Uh, is it really going to affect Twitch now, or do you think that this will really help Twitch? Because Google is a huge company. I think it could help Twitch, but it can also, I guess, hurt them. I think when people are talking about, you know, Google Plus notifications and all that, I think that is going to happen. I think in some way or form, they are going to implement their own things into it. But this can also help them. Like you said, Google is a multi-billion dollar company, and this is going to get them a lot more mainstream than they already have. Um, we will probably see a lot of like links now on YouTube videos to, to Twitch as well. You know, Oh, you watch this video of this game, for example, go watch it live right now on this channel. You know, something like that. There, um, there is one big thing that I seriously support as far as Google buying this. I love Google's philosophy when it comes to technology. I mean, they have always been about, hey, let's get this out to everybody. It doesn't matter if they're on an Android device. You know, we want to put it on um, iTunes as well. And a lot of the time, they don't charge a penny for it. You know, like, they could make a lot more money than they do. But they release a lot of services for free because they really want to get that technology out there. On the other hand, if, say, Microsoft bought Twitch, 
well, I guess we could say Twitch would not be on PS4 for much longer. Um, so I, I really, I really do like that about. And, and as far as Google Plus and whatever, you know, obviously Google's going to try to um, add its login system to it, um, which I think is convenient because I'm always logged into Google anyway uh, for Gmail and whatnot. But um, I think one of the big question marks was ads. Uh, because YouTube has all sorts of ads on it. So do you think that a lot of ads are going to come onto Twitch now that Google owns it? Well, Twitch already has its own ads. Like, if you're not a member, you go to a video, and the first thing you get is an ad. So you watch a 45-second ad, then you go into the game, you watch the game for about 10 minutes, and then another ad comes in. So ad-wise, it's going to be the same thing. I don't see a huge difference there with the ads. I think the ads are dumb, apart from the first ad. Any future ads are pretty much done by the streamer as well, though. They can choose when they are on. Uh, they can choose when they start the, the the next ad. So I like that. That way it doesn't interrupt anything important. Yeah, but... It's how the streamer can make money from Twitch. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, I don't think that there will be a, a huge thing of ads because don't forget that YouTube is the number one video streaming service in the world. Um... Whereas Twitch is more of a, for a niche market, it's for video games. Um, so YouTube costs significantly more to run. And in order to do that, well, it needs ads. Um, whereas Twitch, you know, it has its own, it has its own ad system there that works well for it. In fact, with Google behind it, I would probably expect fewer ads because you already have Google that can, that can afford to put money into it so that it does not necessarily need to have more ads. I mean, it, it could probably even cut back on a few ads with Google behind it. It depends on how much money they decide to put into it. Um, the whole ad thing is just really sad to see, too, because, you know, we all hate ads. I hate ads. You probably hate ads. Everybody hates ads. But the thing is, we need the ads. If we didn't have the ads, all your favorite websites would probably be gone by now. You probably won't even exist. Yeah. So, you know, you, everybody hates them, but we need them. And that's really all I have to say on, on the ad thing. So, So you know. Twitch is $1 billion richer and now owned by Google. Um, let's keep talking industry. Um, what was going on with Crytek recently? Oh, man. You know, the Crytek thing is funny because... It's none of it has still ever been confirmed. It's all just still speculation and supposed inside sources right. talking about it. So, well, I mean, what happened? What exactly happened? Is it having a, a financial crisis or apparently it's having a huge financial crisis where they're not able to pay their employees? I guess the UK, uh, Crytek UK, has been paid in like two months, I think. Um, Except recently, I guess, a news story came out from inside sources that they had finally been paid. Uh, Homefront uh, Revolution, is that the new one? That's, is that what it's called? I guess they completely stopped working on that because they hadn't been paid for it. Um, it was up for sale at all. People said that Sony was thinking about buying Crytek. Um, but yeah, hmm. financial problems. Well, Crytek... Um, released a, a statement um, to game, gamesindustry.biz with its first statement on the, the whole situation. Um, it notes that it's kind of been in a transitional phase 
um, and that it's been moving from being a developer to an online publisher, but it ha- um, which was difficult, but it has received the money that it needs to do that, and now it's well-prepared for the long term. Here's the statement as it appears on gamesindustry.biz. In recent weeks, there have been repeated reports and rumors relating to financial problems at Crytek. Having already given an update to staff across all our studios, we are now in a position to share more details with members of the press and public. Internally, we have acknowledged that the flow of information to employees has not been as good as it should have. However, we hope you understand that communicating details of our plans publicly has not always been possible. Like the games industry as a whole, Crytek has been in a transitional phase. Our evolution from a development studio to an online publisher has required us to refocus our strategies. These challenges go along with an increased demand for capital, which we have secured. We can now concentrate on the long-term strategic direction of Crytek and our core competencies. We kindly ask for your understanding that we won't be communicating further details about our developments and progress. Ultimately, with our organization, capitalization, portfolio, and technologies, we have now laid the foundations for securing Crytek's future, not just in the short term, but also long term. Through this period of speculation, we are thankful for the support and encouragement we've received from our community and our partners, and for the contribution all our staff has made. We remain committed to doing what we are best known for and trying to develop the best interactive experiences and technology possible for everyone who loves gaming. We are confident that we will be able to share more positive news on Crytek's progress soon. So basically they're saying we're now moving to an online publisher instead of a developer. There have been some challenges, but we've gotten what we need to overcome those challenges, and now we can focus on the future. How do you feel? Um, you know, a lot of companies release somewhat similar statements when asked what kind of problems are going on. This one I can actually believe. Uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, I believe they are going now from just straight out, just only development. They are, I believe, publishing uh, Homefront uh, Revolution themselves. I don't think that's being published by anybody else. Um, They bought like two studios, I believe, or not two, they bought the license to Homefront, which cost them a lot of money. They bought the entire staff of uh, the now... Uh, demised Vigil Studios that created uh, Darksiders. They rehired that entire staff and set them up in uh, San Antonio or somewhere in Texas. Um, so I, I can actually believe this statement. Uh, I, you know, they're they're talking about going uh, mostly free to play in their future. I believe they just released a free to play uh, shooter on on Steam as well. Um, I believe they're going more f- to the to the publisher side now rather than than the development side, and they're just hiring on more and more staff to, to develop games rather than developing them themselves. That's an interesting place for them to be, but I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that they're sorting it out. We don't we don't need any more companies going down the tubes. Yeah, that that's for sure. <laughs> if, if anything, we really need more companies to come into this thing and make the industry stronger. Um, Although you, you could also say that um, getting rid of the weaker companies are, are, is uh, a one way to strengthen the industry. Um, not that Crytek's necessarily weak, but, you know, things happen. Um, goodness, guys, anything else to say? I will take that as a no. Looks like we're done for episode 28 of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. <laughs> um 
goodness, episode 28. We are almost at episode 30. How cool is that? Uh, I, I want to be on episode 30. I, I missed episode 25, so I want to I want to be on 30. You want to be on 30? Yeah, I want to be on 30. Okay, you're in for 30. Um, yes. I'm thinking of not celebrating episode 50 at all. Why? Be- because there's an even bigger milestone right next to it, I think. Um, episode 51? 52. Why, why, do you think that's, <laughs> why do you think that's bigger? Is it because it's our new 52 episode? Or what? Never mind. No, like, it's just that there are 52 weeks in a year. Ah, okay. And, I, I was thinking of comic books for a second there. Oh, God. But there are 52 weeks in a year, so once we reach episode 52, we will have released a full year's worth of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour without missing a single week. Well, we, we could celebrate both. We could celebrate both? We could celebrate both. Well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But anyway, um, thank you guys for listening. Leave us reviews, give us hugs, tuck us in at night, all that good stuff. We will read all your stuff on the air, including your tweets. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the RDGH, at T-H-E-R-D-G-H. Uh, leave us a review anywhere, send us a link on Twitter, or just leave us a comment on Twitter if you liked something we said, if you didn't like something we said, or if you have something you want to say. We will read them all next week on the air. Um, ben? Uh, yes? What, what am I going to ask you? Um, how to contact me? Go for it. You can contact me at chili underscore UK on Twitter, uh, com, or you can contact me at chili on NeoGaff. And Gary? You can contact me on Twitter at J-A-G-L-A-U-S-H. That's Doug Lalouche. And on PSU's uh, email, I have Gary. That's J-A-R-I at PSU.com. And you can contact me on Twitter at GoGlen underscore at G-O-G-L-E-N-N underscore or by email at glenn.gordon at psu.com. PlayStation fans, remember for the greatest news in PlayStation gaming, stick to psu.com. And until next week, um, episode 29, just one away from 30, which one, which Ben will be on. Until then, yes. <laughs> until then, we wish you a great week, great gaming, believe in Gary, and don't be a racist. <laughs>